0: Welcome to the True Fans Podcast with me, Kevin Grunin, I hope you're all well, as we talk to the true fans of the beautiful game. It's one day to go until the, the start of the 2021-22 season, and this is the second part of our almighty preview. If you haven't checked out part one, make sure you do that. there we be the table prediction and other uh, fun, interesting predictions. But this is where we're going to share all of, all of our opinions. I, I say us. Gary's not with me today, he's got a few other commitments, but i brought in a very, very good guest to uh, substitute him out with. Uh, That man, of course, is Sam Cattell, a notable voice, of course, in the podcast. Uh, Hope you're all right, mate. How are you?
1: I'm good, mate. It's just great to be back again talking about some football, considering the season's like tomorrow.
0: Yeah, obviously, absolutely. Thirteenth uh, Friday the 13th, obviously, is an unlucky day. Uh, but we'll see uh, who's going to get the victory between Arsenal and Brentford. But we're not just to be focused on that game. We're going to be focusing uh, on the big topics of the Premier League. We're not going to go club by club because that's quite difficult to do because we don't want to uh, give... Uh, a considerable amount of time, more to one team. So we're just going to talk about the big things, what we're looking forward to about the Premier League season and talk about a few notable points. Uh, that's exactly uh, what we're going to be doing today. Sam's uh, fantastic, and very knowledgeable answer on uh, all the subjects. So he's going to be uh, a great insight. Let's start off with... Manchester City because they're the front runners there, the team that everybody seems to think is gonna is gonna do it again is gonna win the league and they've added some star quality in Jack Greenish for a hundred million. Yeah, that's gonna uh, you know not go unnoticed. You know, add into that uh, star quality. Sam, they started the season pretty poorly, Man City last season, but you know seemed to get it together and had an absolutely fantastic season where no team could really really compete with them. Will. Uh, history repeats itself or do you think it'll be a lot tighter uh, title race?
1: I think this season, obviously we know that Man City walked with it eventually last season but I think this season most of the top sides have strengthened very well just like United Chelsea especially Liverpool I think maybe have lacked a little bit but I definitely think this season is going to be tight, one of the best seasons maybe that we've ever seen in the Premier League I've said what I said. Obviously, you know,
0: for for a few seasons now, it's been yeah massively the front run of Man City last season, Liverpool the season before. Obviously, I think the most important thing about Man City is is obviously the players and and the involvement of that Jack Grealish, though, because I I want to say that this is going to be a big big player. Where's he going to play? That's the main thing. I, I think he'll fit Guardiola's system. i going to make him such a better player uh, you know are obviously going to you know, win trophies something that he couldn't do with Aston Villa the main thing I'm thinking here is where's he going to play is he going to play on that left hand side is he going to play in the middle because at the end of the day he's going into a team where they've got a solid left wing you know, player in Sterling and some solid attacking midfielders like De Bruyne and Foden so if you were Guardiola Sam uh, where would you where would
1: you put him? I think I don't know. I'm... Uh, but then the problem is, if you play him as a eight and you also play Soden, you're going to end up with like one defensive midfielder because you're obviously going to play De Bruyne as well. And I think that could be the thing that maybe ruins Man City the season. I think they could, if they lose the game in the midfield, it's then going to be like six versus four every time they attack. So that's the one. That's the one thing. I, I agree with you. On, I don't know where Greenish is actually
0: going to play. Is it, yeah, I mean, obviously they're not going to get rid of, of uh, you know, Sterling and De Bruyne and Foden. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to think about who's going to lose, you know, playing time and stuff like that. I mean, it, here's a simpler probably question. You know, that's easier. Did Manchester City need Grealish? You know, he's a great, great player, don't get me wrong. And, you know, he's a fantastic addition, you know, to any squad. But you look at you know, probably Manchester United, probably Chelsea. In 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 a, in a lot of ways, probably needed. You know, you know, Grealish a, a lot more. Yeah. Than you know that Manchester City. Do you think Man City really needed him, or did they needed a, a, probably a more defensive player?
1: I, I, the thing is with this, I always thought this. I don't think they need them, but I always thought as if as a Man City fan, I think it'd be better better for them to have him. For then, like a uh, Manchester United to have strength of them, but i've ever seen a, ever since I thought his transfer through, I thought he'd benefit maybe like a Chelsea or a probably Manchester United more, but we'll have to see we'll have to give him time, see how he adapts to the new team and see if the move was the right one for him in the, at the end of the day,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely man obviously you mentioned Chelsea there uh massively strengthened, obviously coming off the back of you know a great champions league um You know, win ironically against Manchester City. Then obviously they won the Super Club last night. Uh, you know, so they want to be for a role. Thomas Tuchel's first, you know, full season as as boss. Are they the clear challengers to you know to Man City? I mean, they've strengthened their squad, you know, massively, and I, I could definitely see Chelsea being up there.
1: Yeah, I think I think personally it would be Chelsea. and If not Chelsea, it would be. Man United potentially Liverpool, but I definitely agree with you. I think Chelsea, especially now that they've added a, one of the best strikes in the world in Romelu Lukaku, not yet to be announced, but I think we've all know due to Fabrizio Romano has gone through. We'll just have to see because I think he could easily score the chances that Timo Werner missed last season and fire Chelsea to the league title.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love you know it's, it's interesting you brought up Lukaku because I think he's such a a, a massive massive player and. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. What he's done, you know, is is fantastic. But my only, my only really, you know, massive disagreement is is there's always that, you know, edginess with him. I think that everybody says, yeah, he's a fantastic player, but and I think that there's that but that I think is is going to be very interesting to see, you know, whether that changes. You look at what he did for Everton, which was fantastic. You know, scoring that many goals, which got in the mood to Man United. You see him. Propel into Milan, and into you know massive title challenges, beating Juve. But then you also you see what he did for Manchester United. Do you, do you think Lukaku? Listen, I think Lukaku is a great player, and Chelsea probably suits him, doesn't it? Because of Drogba, uh, Costa, he's very similar with that. Do you, do you think people should just forget his time at Manchester United and say that's not Lukaku, or or do you think like? He is a
1: Chelsea player. He suits their style, and he did just suit man United style. the thing is I, I i personally don't think he was that bad at United. I think he was just more of a scapegoat because the stats that he put up were at any other club, even man City nowadays they'd be above average. but I think you're right. I think now that he's at Chelsea, I think you agree with me. I think he's got a going to have a better team around him than he did at United, which is only going to add to it, and I think, yeah, I think you're right with like the dropper stuff. I, dropper and uh, Costa comparisons when they were there I think he's going to become an absolute it'll be a lethal striker I wouldn't be surprised if he won the golden boot
0: Yeah mate yeah most definitely let let me just let me just tell you mate Lukaku scored 42 goals for Manchester United he scored 54 goals for Inter Milan and an impressive 87 goals for Everton obviously you you know you've got to say that he was probably at, at Everton the longest but still a you know incredible goal yeah record part of that obviously a hundred club uh you know which so many great players are mm-hmm. you, you look I understand the reason the reason for the move absolutely in 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 Chelsea's respect I don't want to obviously talk about the strikers they've already got there in uh I don't think we should really put Giroud in the in the picture because i think he's he's definitely been in, in and out but you, most G- definitely, Geroud's got... uh, G- 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 left. He has left, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, no, nice he man. Man. yeah, 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 no. Well, I think that's a great move for him, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, but definitely, most, most definitely, you got Lukaku and Vernon. There's going to be that comparison if he does end up, uh, obviously at Chelsea. Like you said, it's it, it is most definitely going to happen. Um, you know, in the next couple of days. But you know, do you think they've not given? Werder a chance or do you think they're saying, well, we, we spent that much money on you and you haven't performed"? Is it like, right, you know, this is going to kickstart Lukaku, you know, potentially in causing that uh, competitive edge, um, you know, with Lukaku and Verner sort of going at it for that number one spot?
1: I think, I don't know if you'd be surprised by what he says. I think he's going to play either two up front, so Verner and Lukaku each other. I think he might play Verner on the left side, if, if it's like a front three, you have like ZH on one side, Werner on the other side, the Lukaku straight down the middle. Just to use, obviously, Werner's pace is unbelievable. And last season, he got quite a few assists for Chelsea. So I think that may be his biggest attribute in this Chelsea team. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays him on the left wing.
0: Yeah, and obviously, Werner, you know, being twenty-five years old, you know, Lukaku twenty-eight. They have got such. And, and, you know, Lukaku's definitely not uh, you know, inexperienced. He, he's played for some, you know, great football and and stuff like that. I think it's a great move for him. I really do. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see the response of Timo Werder now, what's going to happen. And um, If you look at, obviously, the other, you know, Chelsea players, definitely got a strong midfield with Mount, uh, Kai Havertz, Kante. You look at the back as well. Uh, d- did Chelsea really need to strengthen um you know, anywhere else, or do you think you know a striker? And obviously, now buying Lukaku is that's yeah the final piece of the puzzle for a Premier League uh, chance.
1: I think maybe just I I don't quote know this, but I'm pretty sure they're as soon as um uh, as soon as Lukaku gets announced, they're going to restart in negotiations for severe centre back Jules Kwande. and I think for like thirty million or so. So I think they're going to strengthen up on the centre back position. Then I think. They've got more enough, more than enough to challenge for a title. Yeah, obviously you watch a lot more, uh, you know, probably
0: different leagues and stuff like that. To be, uh, you know, the, the player you just mentioned, uh, any good? Do You think he'll fit in the Premier League very well?
1: Uh, yeah, he's he was scouted by all, all the top teams like Real Madrid, Barcelona. He's quick. He's young. He's he played for France. Uh, he's versatile because he played for France at right back in the Euros and. Uh, Thirty million is like twenty four. I am going to guess somewhere around that. I think it's a bit of a bargain. Yeah, but obviously, they
0: you know they've done that over you know a considerable amount of time uh, with uh, Cesare Azpilicueta as well. Obviously, moving him from right back and centre back and versatility, which I think is a great thing for a club. Let's move on to Manchester United, pal. Because can you believe that they're coming up to a decade? Since they last won the Premier League, the last one obviously in 20, 2012. twenty twelve, they've strengthened. They have strengthened. Jaden Sancho coming in for Ran, um, as well. But as but we mentioned about you know the analogy about the final piece of the piece of the puzzle, um, you know being Lukaku for Chelsea. I still think they're missing a piece, Man United, mm. uh, and I also think it's that. Um, I do honestly believe it's that, you know, number six, that sort of Wilfred and Didi role, sort of trying to compare him to a, a great Premier League player. Of course, I'm sure you'd agree with that. Um, yeah. You know, but I feel like they're missing that. Do you think they're missing anywhere else? And do you think Man United, you know, it's going to be a, a free horse race?
1: I've, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think, that, I think many, many Man United fans will agree with us when we say they, they need a, um, they need a defensive midfielder. And I, uh, the amount of United fans that I've seen, like on Twitter and social media, all over the place, saying that we you can't win a title with uh, Scott McTominay or Fred and CDM, and I think they're correct. I think do they need need to go big maybe one more time this summer, and then I think they've got themselves set a Premier League winning team. Do you, Do you not rate McTominay? Because I I do, but I think he's one for the future, most definitely. And I think he's good. But you know. do you rate him? Because I don't think he's that bad. I, don't, I think he, he obviously is versatile because he plays centre back sometimes. I think he's more of a box-to-box than more of a CDM. And I think with Man United's attack, obviously, you have Pogba and Bruno as two in the field. You're going to need someone like Ndidi. Obviously, I don't want him to go and he's going to cost a lot to do. so. But you need someone like him so that they can just cover the whole thing and allow Man United to attack and score more.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, is it is also time for a striker, do you think? Or do, do you think that... You know it's fine. You, you know they've obviously got Cavani. He, he's a great player. Um, but do, do you personally think that they need, uh, you know, a striker probably, you know, to cover Cavani? I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna say no, and because they've got, obviously they've got Martial as a backup, which I think is good enough. He obviously, could start on his day, but they've also got Greenwood, that or Rashford that can obviously start on the wings but could also versatile enough to play striker so I think I think the front like I think defence they're fine the goalkeeper obviously you have your choice between De Gea and Henderson but then I just think it's the CDM I think everything else the team is a title winning team they just need a world class CDM that can give them enough balance to be able to attack and then but also enough to cover the defence
0: yeah yeah fantastic um you mentioned Liverpool and I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head about uh, Liverpool, you know, being not properly prepared. and I'd obviously love for them to be, uh, you know, up there and, you know, challenging for the league. But, you know, looking back at it now, we've just mentioned that probably Man United, have not strengthened enough. Um, and I definitely think Liverpool have has got to be um you know that that team as well. I think from a Liverpool's perspective, I think we needed a centre back, and we've got Konate. I'm really interested to you know see how he does in the Premier League. To me personally, the most the most worrying player for me is Van Dijk. Uh, I've watched a little bit of the pre season stuff, and, and he doesn't seem to be uh, you know quite on quite on it, which worries me because. It, you know, he was, he's such an important player for us. Um, I, I've said week in, week out on this channel and, and anybody that asks me and knows me in real life, I always say that Liverpool need a striker. I, lo- I like Bobby, but he's not a 20-goal striker. That's what I want. And I think that's what Liverpool need, you know, like a Kane or an Aguero or Cavani or a Vardy or somebody like that. I think we need that. And, you know, Robertson now being out, which... Again, it it worries me because I think he is better than than Trent both defensively and, and uh, attacking. So that you know that worries me. Curtis Jones, I've I've liked him a lot more uh, at last as last season. You know, when Tom it, obviously he's a massive massive player. Um, you know, for Klopp he likes him. You know, very much, and I think he fits his team and you know fits what he needs to do. So. There's a lot of worrying signs. Do I think Liverpool can get top four? Absolutely. and But I, I don't think it's going to be easy. I think, you know, and I don't think it's a definite, which, you know, is, is quite crazy to say, especially as, you know, two years ago, we won the Premier League. Three years ago, we won the Champions League. So, you know, that worries me. But, you know, you, you've got to say that Liverpool... Uh, you know, a still, a still a big club. I just don't think we can challenge for the title. What's your thoughts on Liverpool? I know you've alluded to it uh, a little bit. You can speak freely, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, honestly, I mean, you know, I've just, you know, said my honest opinion. What do you think about them?
1: I think the fact that we've spoke about Man United saying they've bought James Sancho and Varane and they've still not, like, completed what they need to do. I think it just shows Liverpool. Obviously, you've brought Ibrahim Konate from L- RB Leipzig. And obviously, that's a great player. Obviously, young for the future. But I think the main thing that Liverpool are missing right now, I don't think you've... Re- I don't know if you agree. I don't think you, you've you not replaced Vinaldum uh, 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 since he's come to PSG. And I think he obviously was one of the your most like influential midfielders. Because I, th- I I rated him personally. I don't know about what you, your thoughts on him were. <laughs>
0: I liked him. I think he was a fantastic player. He was one of them players to me. And uh, Henderson's a bit different. I'm I'm not going to put Henderson in this conversation because with Henderson as the club captain, our professional he is, Wijnaldum wasn't in the spotlight a lot. He wasn't in the spotlight. But you watch him play and you just think, if we didn't have him, how awful are we going to be? You know, we would have been off. He does things during a game... Very, very similar, actually, to um, Hamza Chowdhury at Leicester. He mm-hmm. doesn't. Not. Not saying that he's not a bad player, but but there are there are a couple of players, and Calvin Phillips did it in the in the Euros this this summer, where he didn't need to be told by the commentators every minute he's got the ball and what he's doing. He doesn't need to be in the media spotlight, do interviews. He doesn't need to score. He doesn't need to assist, but. He is a, does a big big role. The only player I could really compare without him to is Thiago, and I think Thiago's going to have a big big step up because we brought him. We thought he was going to be fantastic. Yes, he had a few injury troubles, but you know if he can stay clear of injuries, I think he's a I think he's a quality player. But I like you said, I don't think we compare. Um, you know, really really, you know, made a massive thing. I think the The big problem is is if the front three are not firing, we've not got anybody back there. Jota, yes, but I think Jota's started to you know compete with Bobby for that centre forward position. But if you think that if Liverpool are struggling, Origi, Shaqiri, and then Minamino are, are not three players that I think can come on and do what Salah and Mane do, they're just not. And yeah, like you said, we've we spoken that Man United have not done. When they brought easily the most, you know, eagerly anticipated England prospect in Sancho and brought Rafa Varane, you know, probably one of the best young centre backs in the world and easily could compete for Van Dijk, the best defender in the world, at this ridiculously cheap price. If you think that they're buying Maguire for 80 million and brought him for what, 40? to yeah. 40. It's like that's like under half. It's it, it's crazy. You know, they're paying double for Maguire. I'm not saying that Maguire is a bad player. Just and I'm sure you Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? But, you know, if you think, if somebody says to me, who would you want in your team along in your defence for Rand or Maguire, I'd say for Ran.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? So, you know, and that's the way you got to look at it. It's as, it's as simple as that. So, uh yeah, I, I don't think we're going to challenge for the league this season. Uh, we we need to get Champions League because I think if if we don't get Champions League and we don't win anything, Salah's going to go, and I can easily see uh, Mane going as well. But I definitely think Salah will if we don't get anything. So it, it's going to be a it's going to be a hard season. I'd be love I'd love to sit here in in May, you know, say yes we've won the Premier League or yes we've won the Champions League. Do I think it's going to happen at this time? No, but. I want to be proven wrong. I want to be proven wrong. L- let's talk about him, Sam. We have to. Harry Kane. I think, you know me, I I enjoy my films. I enjoy my TV shows. And I think you could make a feature-length two-hour movie on the Transverse Saga of Harry Kane. That's a good title as well for it. Harry Kane has been an unbelievable player for Spurs. He, want, he said that he wanted to go... Am I, right in, am I right in saying that he didn't put in the transfer request?
1: No, he didn't. He had a gentleman's agreement, apparently, which said, right, yeah. like, if a club came in with an offer, they he'd be able to leave. But they offered 100 million and then he rejected it.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you said, he signed a six year contract in 2018. Ironically, that was the year before they got to the Champions League f- uh, final against Liverpool. So, obviously. You Know he's he saw the future in it, so he signed a six year contract, which then gave Daniel Levy the opportunity to keep him for six years. Three years into that contract, he does he now wants to go. And like you said, he they rejected the hundred million for for man's uh, from Man City. He's not been training. I mean, you've not been on the channel in a while, mate. So I want to hear obviously your full opinions on this. Is this Going to be the case where there's going to be a whole summer of speculation, and at the end of it, when that transfer window shuts, Kane's still going to be a Spurs player.
1: I, I would have said yes, but I believe that I can't remember today or yesterday. I saw something apparently Man City will uh, about to put another bid in for around a hundred and I want to say like forty-five million, which was submitted in the next couple of days, and I don't think, regardless of how well. Or oh, how valuable Kane is to you? I think for 145 million, considering they've spent all that money on a stadium as well that they've got to pay back, I think you might have to accept the 145 million and walk with it.
0: Oh, definitely. If you if you're spending 100 million on Grealish, I think you've easily got to pay 145 to 160 million mm. on 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 Harry Kane, no more than that, because I think that gets into ridiculous territory. You know, you know probably what. You know the ridiculous territory of like two hundred, two hundred and ten million is what you'd pay for Messi. Uh, you know to go to PSG, but obviously PSG have got a bargain on that one uh, in in terms of Messi. But I, I I look at the whole Kane situation and and think what a mess because I I don't understand what happened with Man City because like you said, obviously the second bid but they doesn't they don't seem very interested. That that's the only thing from in my perspective. They don't look interested to me um, in him anymore. And, I, and personally, I think it's because they uh, obviously he, he missed training. I mean, what's your opinion on that? Because I, I mean, personally, for me, I think that's wrong. I think he should be going to training uh, and he should have been, you know, you know, keep going despite what happened. Uh, but what's your opinion on obviously him? Uh, missing training because that shows a mockery of, 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 of Spurs uh, a club that he claims to be um, you know been supporting and been a big fan of all of his life
1: Yeah obviously like I understand that he wants to push and move through but it's probably not the best way to do it but I think you could Spurs fans will agree you could never disagree with the fact that he's every time he's pulled on his Tottenham shirt before each game or training session he's given his all to Tottenham and I think he's done as much as he can but I think somewhat he's been failed by them. Obviously, he's not had the best of teams around him. Obviously, that one year they were close to winning time before Leicester pit them to it. But I think he's been let down by Tottenham and I think he's had enough of it.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think you've, you've got to look at, um, you know, Kane sort of... You know his relationship with this, with the Spurs fans and 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 stuff like that, and obviously that you know massive. But I can I can imagine a lot of Spurs fans getting very very frustrated by this, you know, because is is there something Sam that I I potentially might see, and probably they do, is that if Harry Kane has very openly said I want to go, I want to do this, 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 and this you know, with other clubs, but then he stays at Tottenham. Is it like, right, like, what are you going to do now? I'm not saying that he's going to give up or stuff like that, but do you think Kane is is such a professional that he, he will say, OK, I'm still at this club, I'm still going to, you know, perform for them? He has to, surely.
1: Yeah, I think so. You'd like to think so at least. At least give us all. But it's one of the things, this could be a, like a once-in opportunity because he could... <laughs> He can score like fifteen goals next season. Obviously, there's not his standards as he's shown. Then maybe clubs lose interest, and and then that loses him chance of trophies if Spurs don't pick up.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, you know, absolutely. And and the, I mean, obviously, let you know, we'll close out on Harry Kane in a minute because we, you know, we got the best of rest to do, and and obviously speak about the newly promoted teams before we conclude the podcast. But one final thing before, you know we move on is harry kane has got to be very very careful in terms of when he leaves the reason what i mean by that is is that he's 28 if he if harry kane and i did the maths which i'm not very good at maths but i did it if harry kane leaves manchester city the next couple of days for 150 million, fantastic but if he stays at Spurs and they say, and Daniel Levy, as we all know, a very, very hard businessman and runs Spurs like a like a business rather than a football club. If he says you are not going anywhere until this six-year six, year, six year contract is concluded, that's in three years of in 2024. So if you think of the, you know, that, What's going to happen in in three years in three years' time? Are the big teams like Manchester City, Manchester United, going to going to be going for him? Because in three years' time, you're going to see Mbappe 20, being twenty five. You're going you're going to see Haaland, who's obviously such a young prospect, be twenty four. So these are going to be our players that probably are going to be. You know, a lot bigger, unless obviously, unless they have moved, you know, before that. And, you know, I can't tell the future, obviously, but, um, do, do you personally think that after that, let's say, um, you, you know, after this happens, that probably Kane's going to struggle to, um, you know, you move again? Because personally, you, you've got to look at, um, You know Kane's situation, and probably think that he is getting a little bit on now. Sam, what's your thoughts on that? I
1: think it's ideal. I could just just save my money, but the day, obviously, you spent that much money on Grealish. to spend the money on that as well so
0: yeah 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 absolutely Let, let's get to the best of the rest we've obviously spoke about uh, Harry Kane with Spurs so we're just going to do this uh, quite quickly now uh, Spurs Sam can they can they survive uh, just a couple of questions and obviously you can answer them in any order you want and sort of say your overall thoughts on the team are they gonna? If Kane leaves, are they gonna? Are they gonna struggle to get top, uh, top six in Europa League football? Is Son, Bale, Lucas, more of them types of players? You know, are they good enough to, you know, keep Spurs going? And do you think the appearance of Nuno is going to be a massive boost for them?
1: Uh, could you repeat that, please, Chris? Sorry, mate.
0: Yes, mate. Yes, mate. So, obviously, the three things that, you know, I wanted to obviously discuss is, do you think Son, Mora, and Bale are going to, you know, step up to the plate if Kane leaves? Uh, And, you know, do you think uh, Spurs can survive without Kane? And do you think Nuno's a big, big player? uh, I'm sorry, a big manager
1: for them um, to move forward? Um, I wasn't too sure about Nuno, to be fair. Obviously, he didn't do too well with Wolves, it's one of the things you just have to see how they're doing the first game, take it by game by game until so you can give yourself a rough estimate of where you didn't think they might come. So I think top four might be a struggle. Maybe Europa League at worst, I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, obviously, absolutely. Let, let's move on to Arsenal. Um, an absolutely shambolic window once again. Um, ben White, 50 million. I think that's such. An overprice for him, um, which is obviously you know the ridiculous thing. Arsenal get linked to every single player, you know. You know you're talking about uh, Martinez. They don't seem to be linked to Martinez. Mad Madison has is, is, is gone quiet, and to, to think that people were saying that yeah you know, Madison moving to Arsenal is going to be a step up for him. How I don't I don't understand the facts behind that. They seem to be linked with everybody not getting anything done. Aaron Ramsdale they're supposed to be getting as a goalkeeper. Why? Because he, you know, was obviously part of Sheffield United last season and they were debatedly one of the worst teams of the Premier League era. Why would you get him? What's your whole opinion on, on Arsenal, Sam? I can go into everything about the board, the manager, the players, the fans, the, obviously the fans' scrutiny online, I can go into all of that, but just give me a general thoughts and ask them, mate, because I don't really know where to start.
1: Um, I think it's a bit silly that how they sold Martinez who was considerably considerably better than uh Leno and um was it? Leno and Ramsdale, obviously. And then they're buying Ramsdale for more than they sold Martinez for, so Obviously, he's young. He wasn't. He was probably one of Sheffield United's best players in a horrific season. But I just feel like they—they've not got a standout player really, someone that can propel them from Europa League, Champions League. I think you've. I think you
0: said all you needed to in a in a little uh, in a little short paragraph there, Sam. So well, uh, well put, well put, my friend. Uh, your team, Leicester. Obviously, you're going to be singing the praises. In the Europa League, once again, fantastic achievement. Uh, obviously, the FA Cup and the Community Shield, a great start. You know, I always look at the Community Shield as being, you know, a way to propel uh, for the season, having the confidence. You look at all their positives and then you also look at the negatives. Manchester, uh, you know, Wesley for are now injured for a year, uh, which is a fantastically, unbelievably serious injury. And... You've missed out on the Premier League on on two and uh, Champions League in on two occasions. Yeah. What's your opinion? What's your opinions going into this season? Where where does your priorities lie? Where do you think Leicester's priorities should lie this season? Uh, and you know, talk to me a little bit about Daka as well because he looks absolutely fantastic.
1: Oh right, we'll start with I think. We're, obviously, Wesley Fauna injury is horrific and he's out until at least after Christmas, January period. But today, I don't know if you realise or saw the like, tweets or anything, Leicester have signed or, or on the brink signing Yannick Festegard from Southampton for 15 million as his replacement. That was, that, that, that was my next question. That was my next uh, question. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we might actually score from a corner now because he six foot seven. And if, and, if, and if we don't, I think we should be able to get a refund.
0: There, there we go. Yeah, very good, very good. I mean, I mean, you know, that's that's quite a nice transition into obviously Southampton, obviously losing, uh, you know, a couple of, of, of valuable players there. Uh, but but no, no, carry on with Leicester because obviously you said about uh, you know the priorities and and stuff like that. What do you want to see, uh, Clubmate? Do you want to see them in the Champions Champions League do you want to see them win the Europa League? Where's the, Where's the focus?
1: I think I think obviously in the league you want to get secure Champions League by being in the top four. But I think this Leicester stru- so- I think this is Leicester's strongest side or squad we've had in a long time. I think this is stronger than the title winning squad. And, I agree with that. And with, with this squad I think we've got quality and depth. Now. Depth is the one thing we were lacking. That gave us that push that other teams did for the top four. But I think I think we've strengthened more than Liverpool, Liverpool have this season. Obviously Liverpool pipped us to it in Chelsea last season. So I'd like to say top four and I think I think we have got the squad to win Europa League. I don't know if you agree or not with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's quite interesting because, you know, the Champions League teams always seem to be, you know, very, very similar teams there or thereabouts, obviously being there but with Europa League, you know, anybody can get there but listen, Leicester keeps getting into the, into the Europa League is going to be fantastic for them because you know they know what that competition is going to be like. They know the yeah you know, the similar teams. I think I think Brendan Rogers is a fantastic, fantastic manager and, and what he's done there is fantastic. Because like you said, they've gone from an unbelievable team. Um you know like and you know doing something absolutely unbelievable like the you know winning the Premier League, which I don't I don't think anybody will ever repeat that it's absolutely unbelievable but now they're moving on now they're moving forward and with you know winning the uh winning the fa cup which is obviously massive and then also then moving on to win the the community shield you know they keep building it up they keep being that big team and you know Absolutely massive. I can easily see them getting in the Champions League as well. Um, uh, you know, if Liverpool are inconsistent, you know, if Chelsea somehow has a mayor, which I don't think they will, but if they do, then I think Less is going to be behind them, um, you know, doing very, very well. Let's uh, let let's conclude with the three promoted teams, then of course we'll see Brantford tomorrow night, which obviously I'm really looking forward to seeing them. I've got high hopes for them. Watford are also back in the in the uh, in the Premier League, which uh, you know, I've mixed fit. need about it. Norwich, obviously, coming back into it as well and playing Liverpool. Ironically, uh, we. <laughs> won't, won't. Well, let's get Luis Suarez. Let's get Luis Suarez for one game to play for us. Who uh, he'll he'll definitely score five against them. Uh, but but no, Sam. Obviously, you know. You know, talk to me about the the free promoted teams. Who do you think uh, potentially is going to stay in the Premier League? And you know. Who, are we going to have a repeat of teams like Leeds, uh, Wolves, and obviously Sheffield United in their first season?
1: I think if you had to get me to choose out of three, all three of them, I think the one that's most likely to stay up would be Brentford, and I don't know if you agree or not. The one sole reason I can really see is um, Ivan Tony, because I think he's going to. I think if you're going to have an FPL. I think it'd be a good one to have him in because he's going to score pretty much all their goals this season.
0: I, I, I have, th- I have, I've already put him in. I've already put him in. He was quite cheap actually, which yes. I was quite pleased about.
1: I, I just don't think the other teams have an out-and-out goal scorer like Watford. Obviously, they've signed Emmanuel Dennis from Gang. but then the backup is Troy, Troy Deeney. Obviously, he's all right for a backup from Watford, bit. but yeah, but he's obviously getting on a bit. Like Norwich have lost wendy, They've got Cantwell. They've got Pookie. I just, I just don't see them two having enough compared to. I think Brentford are a little bit more attacking, a little bit more exciting. I think that might work for them just maybe just the one season at least.
0: Yeah, I think they are. You know, it's quite, it's quite interesting, isn't it? You know, because you look at, you look at the promoted teams, and you think easily one of them is going to go down. <laughs> not not all three are going to stay in the Premier League because if you think if, if you think all three stay up who's going to go down obviously there's a big debate about you know Villa potentially going down I don't think they will now because they've got Danny Ings but you know Burnley they, Burnley are always down there Newcastle uh, you know have, have always sort of been up and down haven't they so you know we'll see we'll see obviously you know come may and, and stuff like that so that is it and that's a great way to conclude uh this podcast for the almighty preview obviously we did this in two parts uh, to get two different people's opinions and i'm very glad to have sam back on the channel hopefully sam as the season goes by mate we'll have you a lot more on and you can uh, come on and and speak obviously about your opinions uh about About the, uh, you know, all things Premier League and uh, stuff like that. Uh, Make sure you go over to follow us obviously on stereo, uh, where we'll be doing a lot more live streams. And we do have one planned for tomorrow. Tomorrow night's game, me and Gary are going to be covering Arsenal versus Brentford. Um, So we're going to be watching that with, uh, you know, indeed very, very uh, big anticipation, especially as I have Ivan Tony. Uh, in my fantasy football Uh, thank you very much to everybody uh, that listens favourite, and follow uh, on any of the podcast sites that you listen to I'll let Sam uh, our very very good insightful guest um, today who's told me uh, a lot lot of things and corrected me uh, you know which is very very good keeping me uh, well well educated on uh, everything to do with the Premier League I'll let you conclude the podcast mate thank you so much for coming on and uh, we'll have you back very very soon The floor is yours.
1: Once again, thank you very much for having me. And thank you guys for listening once again. And we'll see you next time for the next episode of The True Fans.